welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. It's uh, cold and dingy and rainy and I'm loving it. I was going to say, it's like, it's perfect. It's my perfect weather. It's almost like it's perfect weather for watching horror movies. Yeah, I Um, think so. It's getting into that season as well. I'm starting to feel it. What, getting a bit cosier? Yeah, well, just like, it's getting to, the closer you get towards Halloween, you're like, nah, I feel like I'm I'm in my right place. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm amongst my people. <laughs> We're coming home. It's my favourite. Um, nothing, it's been pretty boring this week, right? Yeah. There's been nothing going on. Yeah, not too much. Not, not the most exciting of weeks, just uh, work and watching this. Yeah, when you ask like... <laughs> What have you been up to this week? I feel like for the uh, with the life of a shut-in, it's just like uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about this week? This week is number eighty-nine on our top one hundred. This is George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Oh yeah. This is the nineteen eighty-five version. For anyone who's thinking that we could possibly be reviewing the remake on the top one hundred horror movies, you are listening to the wrong podcast. Pish, so, pish, yeah. I say. Sorry. Um, one thing before we get into the episode, just a thank you to everyone who came onto the Instagram and the Facebook uh, and voted for the reshuffle. Yeah. So we've had a bit of a reshuffle. Um, make sure you go to at Behind the Sofa Podcast uh, on Instagram or Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Sofa Podcast, uh, and you can have a look at the new uh, what the new list looks like. Mm. So uh, make sure you go and check that out. Um, I was about to say this is the first George Romero film, but Mm-mm. I would be way wrong. He would be way wrong. This, uh, this is the second on the list. So the first one was Martin, which we loved. We loved. Uh, so everyone kind of knows Romero as like the master of the zombie movie, which he, he pretty much is. So that's that's not wrong at all. But like the fact that the first movie of his that we reviewed on here was like a you know like not massively well known uh, vampire film and turned out to be awesome and. Uh, we were surprised to see that uh, Day of the Dead actually has John Amplas, who plays Martin, in a role in this movie. So, yeah, yeah, so, looking very different as well. We yeah, had to be like, <clears throat> is that him? Well, he's he's not aged; like he still looks like a young guy in it, but he definitely sort of has grown up a little bit, filled out a little bit. He looks yeah. a bit, he looks a bit healthier, to be fair. Yeah. Because, well, I guess Martin was supposed to be like an ageless when was, yeah, vampire. Yeah, when was Martin? In the seventies. Yeah, so eighty. I think I'm going to say seventy-three. Okay, so this That's was like eight, best yeah. guess. This was eighty-five. <clears throat> so yeah, there was a bit of difference, and he had a bit of a uh, bit of facial hair going on, and. Uh, Little yeah, glasses, little licking. smart little lab coat. Yeah, just looking out. Yeah, he was good. Um, he's actually been in a couple of other movies as well, like um, Romero movies. Uh, not quite as recognisable because I think he plays zombies in other ones. Just uh, not not anything specific, but just a nice, gooey, gory-looking zombie. So, of which there are quite a few in this. So I now I'd I'd put it I'd put it out there that this is has got the most iconic zombies in it of all time. No, <laughs> they are, they come are on now. pretty good. I'm, I'm, no, I'm putting no. it out there as a, as a legit... Because, you know what I mean? Everyone likes I, Dawn, though. And we no, are no, going to be reviewing but this is Dawn. Not, this is not the question I'm asking. I think Dawn of the Dead... There's no question that Dawn of the Dead is a better movie. Um, and the same goes for Night of the Living Dead. But... I do think that the zombies in Day of the Dead are more iconic. You've we'll got... uh, we'll go through the roll call maybe a little bit. Some later. Some of them even have like fun names. Yeah. Well, should we go through the roll call a little bit yeah. later when we uh, reach that stage in the movie? But... Well, don't even have to go later on because the the movie literally opens on a shot of Doctor Tongue, like the the zombie with his jaw missing and his tongue hanging out. Oh wait, no. It's the second. No, it doesn't. The very all right. Well, the very first shot is very first shot is is Sarah Sarah in the room on her own, looking at us, looking at a very lovely pumpkin calendar. Mm, But you'd be forgiven. I mean, it is like the the coldest of cold opens. It is just like a blank, empty room 
with one person sitting looking absolutely despondent like head to their knees kind of thing and you'd be mistaken you'd be you'd be forgiven for thinking that like it is a guy and then it's almost like a little surprise when she you know like puts her head up and it's and it's a woman and i think that's kind of reflected throughout a lot of the film you'll you'll be you're made very aware that like it's one woman with like a massive gang of dudes. Oh yeah, they so, make it, they make it abundantly clear that mm, she's the only woman there. Bunch of jerks. Um, I fucking love this opening. Mm. It's the one thing that Day does now. Okay, well let's before we get really really deep into Day, let's just say this: Day of the Dead when it first came out was like not super well received Mm-mm. by critics and by fans. Mm. Um, it's like the least favorite of the three. So you've got Dawn, Day, and Night of not in any particular order there but um yeah uh day was like the least popular when it came out but it's and i think it's got like the lowest rating on places like rotten tomatoes and metacritic and stuff but it's actually romero's favorite out of three so um but i think i think you'll find that it's probably had like a massive resurgence in popularity and like people have like gone back and reevaluated it I remember when I first saw it, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I've got to say I enjoyed it even more this time around. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's... Well, we'll get to it later on, but there's a lot in it that, that seems to ring very true to, to to what's going on in the world at this very moment. Yes. Um, but and anyway, so... Synth we, but one, so, so the anything, first thing. So, so, well, okay, yeah, synth. But, but the first <laughs> thing that really struck me was it made me think about the the kind of like nightmare stroke dream sequences that we get in this one which i really enjoy mm-hmm. i think yeah you know i mean they have a real cool like surreal quality to them uh, they're scary as fuck they're only for a split second yeah. and they're they're good jump scares they're not going to like build up the dread and then like just like completely blow out the tension by doing like a cheap jump scare like they are put in there in really good places for really good reasons and like you believe them for a split second and then you're like oh no wait like i was gonna say they seem to they have like a dual role i guess they definitely they're they're scary that's Mm -hmm. for sure and they also kind of like uh there's kind of a deeper meaning behind it so you know i guess also this is this is a kind of uh kind of foreshadowing of what's going to happen to yeah. the army base later on but also the fact that she's surrounded on all sides by people and things trying to kill her yeah um but, but yeah. i i did i did like that um i think i read when they first did that that scene where she walks up and she's like stroking the calendar for some reason like said, and it's, then a ni- it's a nice calendar the, I'd, then, I'd stroke that calendar it's a, it's a pumpkin calendar i like it um, so she walks up the, the calendar's got all the days crossed off so it's like showing just like just how long they've been down there um, and all of a sudden all at the exact same time a whole ton of arms just like zombie arms come bursting through the wall and are grabbing at her and then she wakes up but when they first filmed that they had the wall up and they all went oosh through the wall at the same time the wall and all of the extras fell on the actress <laughs> so they were like yeah we kind of need to reinforce this a little bit more because we've got a whole bunch of people punching through a wall all at the same time i love me some bloopers though that is that is one that i would (laughs) would love to see (laughs) um but yeah i mean so you you cut to her she wakes up she's she's in a helicopter and my immediate thought and i think i don't know whether that was like intentional or not but you've got you know like her she's sitting next to a guy who's like you know crying and praying and clutching onto his you know like um whole ton of religious um necklaces and things that he's got around his neck so i think he's just hedging his bets by putting like his faith in whatever deity he could get his hands on and then you've got like the you know the radio guy who's who's failing to to get an answer on the radio and you've got the pilot looking out and everything and like my immediate thought is like they're looking for shelter they're escaping from the the hordes of the undead but it turns out they're actually doing like recce missions to see whether there's anybody else still out there so they're trying their best to help which was pretty cool and it kind of set the scene there but i think what this that opening with the helicopter and then when they land does such an excellent job at basically well night of the living dead and dawn of the dead both start with everything going to shit Mm. this one starts with shit's gone to shit yeah 
everything, everything's gone to shit. And it and them flying along in the helicopter and uh, and uh, arriving in the city uh, really kind of like shows you kind of the breadth of what has happened. Mm. You know, there's nobody on the streets. You get that cool newspaper blow along that just says the dead walk which is so fucking so, metal so and good. then you then they start you know calling out on the on the megaphone which of course just attracts all the zombies and mm-hmm. then you start to see you know money blowing everywhere was the sign for me it was just like yeah. it's reached the point now where like this has absolutely no value the only thing that has value is like your life and food and, and water weapons, and yeah. weapons and that's it yeah, it, it shows like, you the society is completely yeah. completely collapsed well you know whereas in dawn of the dead it starts off it's in the tv studio the fact that there are people still kind of going to work and you know uh sending out um distress calls and they're trying to help each other got shows that there's some hope left this to me is after hope has left mm-hmm. um and you get to see uh a zombie and a crocodile hanging out yeah zombie, just, a crocodile wanders, just wanders out of the do you reckon it's a zombie crocodile no 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 oh, i i i think that uh, <laughs> without, I'm, really, really, I wanna, I'm really upset now. <laughs> I want to. I want to be a joke. What you wanted it to be? I. I what I want to say instead, though, is that I think you'll actually find, considering that this was filmed mostly in Florida, that it's more likely to be an alligator than a crocodile. But it looked all chunky. I thought crocodiles are chunky. Alligators are a bit more. I kind just shot uh... it down that it was an alligator because it was filmed in Florida. That was my only thought on it. Whether no, it's set look... in Florida, I don't know. But I, they decided well, to just have it wandering out of a building with a bunch of zombies. So I was like. Huh? There's a alligator for no apparent reason, just just hanging out. Yeah, I don't I don't really know why, but I love a good like post-apocalyptic street scene with like abandoned cars and there's always paper just flying around everywhere. You mm. know, like I, I'd kind of love that. Um, and this is when we we get our first glimpse. I know I kind of uh, guessed at the wrong moment, but this <laughs> is when we get our first glimpse of a tr- really iconic day of the dead zombie and it's the dr tongue zombie who's kind of like he's got his jaw ripped he's got his jaw ripped off and his tongue is basically lolling out of his mouth where his jaw Mm. used to be and he's spraying blood everywhere and then the dawn of the and then the day of the dead uh titles yeah i mean i I really love that they have like they have some great diversity in the in the casting of their zombies i mean we'll go into a little bit later because obviously you've got you know like final showdown and we've got an amazing list of like great zombies but you see you know like um there's like a book the butcher the baker the yeah, candlestick like, maker yeah, of zombies and there's literally you know like a zombie in a sari you know there's like a whole bunch you know like there's the, like there's zombies. like a band majorette in the in the when yeah. they're in the city and oh, there's I love no, it's fucking awesome yeah there's literally no you know like uh like zombification does not discriminate people it, it hits everyone so yeah. But they managed to do that and like it just adds like a weird little bit of humour but sometimes it's a little bit creepy because you're like oh my god like you know these people were like in the middle of their lives completely unprepared as the fact that you know they're they're all in their like work clothes or their recreational activity clothes or whatever and they literally just sort of ended up getting bit and that was it that's all they could do. Do you think that George Romero has a say on that? He's like I want zombies from all walks of life who are engaged in all kinds of activities or do you think it is Tom Savini? Mm, I think they work quite pretty damn well together so I'm sure they have like just those little those little nods those little bits of humour I think definitely they're going to be involved in it together I mean Romero is he actually uh, cameos although you can't see him but it doesn't matter anyway because he probably would have been like under a ton of um, zombie makeup but you see him from like uh you see his his legs like literally sort of waist down pushing a cart at the end like a trolley um and the only way that you know that it's him is that he's got the he's got his like iconic like plaid plaid tartan tartan (laughs) scarf thing like hanging around his hanging around his waist all right so that you can see that it's him so it's just this little this but little I, nod at but the, the reason I, I just think George Romero has such great imagination, you know what I mean? Forgive me if I'm wrong here, you know what I mean? There are obviously massive gaps in my zombie movie knowledge. Um, but no one does weird, 
quirky, imaginative zombies like he does. Yeah. I love the fact that he kind of brings it to life. Mm. You know, they look visually interesting, but at the same time, it's kind of realistic. You probably would have someone who was, uh, you know, going to band practice when they got bitten by yeah. by a zombie. There is someone who's, you know dressed up like a clown which yeah. we'll come to later on yeah. but, but you know uh, that's why I think George Romero is kind of the king yeah. of this kind of thing he has not his... everybody was ready and not everybody no. believed it and there would still be people out there that didn't believe it like it's just the way you know like no one is gonna listen um, I think there were other there's actually on the on the newspaper um, as well as the uh, the dead walk like iconic headline there's ones like um, vice president sends out for aid uh, president is nowhere to be found like you know all of these different things so it was like society completely falling apart but all that people could do um, is just try and go about their normal lives you know like and, and just act like everything's fine which again is like a nod to when things start getting really fucked in life you have these people who are just trying to like soldier yeah. on and just keep going and so I guess that's what they were doing for me that's why George Romero is, is the king you know yeah. what I mean all of his zombie mo- well a, a large portion certainly the original classic trilogy mm. they are so well rounded they're so well realised um, they've got that you know amazing social commentary which we'll come to later on um, the scenarios I always think it's not just about you know oh it's a social commentary on consumerism and the military and things like that there's you know they're all stuck in a mall or they're all stuck in the you know what I mean they've all got like a cool concept uh, that they all kind of like fit around yeah, definitely. then they've got the effects the scripts everything mm-hmm. I think and the you know the music as well mm. um, the music in this one is not Goblin right I'm not sure I couldn't but, see uh, anything that said uh, that it was I'll, I will look it up you carry okay. on with what you're about to well, say well I mean, what what I was like, what I'm getting from some of the main characters that we will get to meet, it's a very small cast, but that makes it feel even more sort of claustrophobic and a little bit more like enclosed, even though they're in this like gigantic underground bunker, which we'll get to as well. But you've you've essentially got you know sort of like different bits from each part of society that are like making up this group, and I think like we were saying that like the commentary in this is like, um, how do we communicate? when we are in like life or death situations do we all band together and work together as a team do we all start falling apart and getting paranoid with each other do we have one person who decides that they're the leader and that they are like you know dictating to everybody else like we don't know and hopefully we never will have to (laughs) have that situation where we're in a uh like a um zombie apocalypse or anything like that but we've got you know like the the calm and cool strong female lead which is awesome to me um we've got like the sort of guy who's looking for like number one he's like or he appears to be like self-preservation wanting to escape and just live out life you know like just live live out the little bit of life that you have left you've got one person turning to drink you've got someone who's like breaking down and like searching for god uh and then you've got like a couple of meathead soldiers who are just enjoying the fact that they like legitimately get get to go out and like kill and destroy and maim without any kind of consequences and they love it Mm. so you know it's all these different bits which i think would end up coming out in like a horrible situation like this well i think george romero does such a great (coughs) job and the cast do Mm. um of showing like a group of people who are at their very last frayed nerve Mm of like they can't none of them can stand each other anymore one I think one thing that you could maybe let like criticism you could maybe level at level at this movie is that the likable characters are very few and far between I literally wrote down I was just like I don't like anyone in this film (laughs) you know I mean even even the people that you kind of start to root for at the end you don't start off loving them like the the um is it John the helicopter pilot Johnny yeah and Billy, the other, the the radio guy, yeah. and Sarah. You know, I mean, they all start, and they they all start, and they're not like super likable. No. Um, Sarah's boyfriend, whose name is I believe Miguel, Miguel yep, is uh, just uh, he's just meat in the room. Yeah, he is 
I can understand why people don't like this one as much as the others. I don't want to get too much into like the final review, but no. you know, we're going to be reviewing the other two anyway because they yeah. are on the list uh, a um, little bit further up. So, but um, yeah, it's, it, at this stage they get they come back to the the humongous army base, mm. um, and you can really start to kind of like see the the breadth of the operation they've got going on. Um, and how massively understaffed it is now. Yeah. You can see originally when it started, it would have been kind of like a much more well-oiled machine. But now, because of the nature of a zombie apocalypse, a lot of people have died, including uh, Major Cooper, who mm. was uh, we never see him. Yeah, well, we do see him. What you see is brain. Yeah, see yeah. His, <laughs> we see, don't really, don't you really see a part see him. of him. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, but um, I mean, they 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 made a point of saying, you know, like that that he died, and then they were like, right, so that's twelve left. So now we know that there's that there's only twelve people that are in here. So you've got literally like uh, Sarah, and you know the pilot, the radio guy, um, you know all these people who are each sort of playing their parts, um, and then it turns out that there's like scientists and doctors. And soldiers, who you will meet, uh, including Captain Rhodes, who is the worst. So he's a real jerk. He's a total jerk. But this is when they start to kind of like play up the sympathy for the zombie angle. Mm. They get there's a scene at the beginning where they're basically trying to corral these zombies for kind of like scientific experiment. Yeah. Um, and then they just leave them chained in this lab, and you see these two zombies almost like look at each other, like yeah, they have like real desperation in their eyes, well, which is got, like... which is you know something I guess that you've never really seen yeah. in yep. a zombie movie before, and one of the reasons why I think this one's kind of underappreciated. Yeah, well, they've got like you think this came out after Dawn of the Dead, so we've got um, they're they're kind of ragey. They're pretty slow moving. They've got the shambling going on when they're around, but like then. They seem to, like, like we said, you know, when they're chained up, they've got this kind of indignant, like, how dare you? Like, you know, mm. like, what the hell are you doing? Like, exactly the way that a human would if they were chained up by the neck to the wall. They'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, let me go. And um, it's it's very much like the the the. There's a few nods to Dawn in this because obviously they knew like people would be watching this, um, you know, after uh, loving Dawn of the Dead. But it's that like you've still got that little spot of humanity that's left in them they're not just mindless like there are still emotions there there are still like throwbacks to like instinct but the instinct has changed from like just feeding to the instinct changed to um going back to the shopping mall the instinct here is you know like is survival like mm. however however that is and well yeah. I like we get we get to see um the doctor uh, dr frankenstein what's his actual name again uh dr logan yeah dr logan yeah. and he's basically performing all these grisly awesome experiments on the zombies he's joyful uh, as well <laughs> yeah he uh, my favorite is definitely major cooper so he's got major cooper who's just recently died and he's basically cut away all of the skull and tissue around from the head. So he's literally just basically uh, a body with a brain stem coming out of the neck. Uh, <laughs> and he's using like electrodes to stimulate like different parts of the brain. That's making his arms jump up. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Tom Savini has absolutely smashed I love it Tom as Savini. per always. Yeah. And then also there's another zombie in the room, and he's like basically what Doctor. Um, uh, Logan is getting at is that they're just going on instinct. They're they're not gaining any nourishment from any of the food they're taking in. It's literally just the instinct of eating and surviving. Yeah. Um. So he's cut all you know with this hypothesis in mind. He's severed the severed the kind of esophagus from the from the stomach. He severed all the different major organs. So and then he dangles his hand in front of this zombie, and it's still, and trying, it's to still bite. trying to bite him. Mm. The coolest thing, though, is that the zombie has his rib cage cut open, and he leans forward, just and rolls all, over to the side, doesn't and he? Like, all his guts like slap onto the floor. Real, and real, real pig intestines, by the way. You can't, you just can't beat, the, you can't beat the realism. Yeah, 
but I mean, real pig intestine. He he mentions about domesticating them, so making them behave basically, and like making them into good little boys and girls, which is the phrase that he uses later on. But it made me think very much of uh, Shaun of the Dead, which obviously draws on all of these classic zombie movies, um, like towards the end of Shaun of the Dead, where you've got them like they're like, oh, the you know, like they've proved very useful in the service industry, and you've got like the guy pushing the trolleys around in the car park and yeah. stuff. And, and so it's almost like it's a follow-on from Dr. Logan's work that mm. like you know to put them to put them to work for humans and uh, and so we wonder whether that's what he was trying to do um, but the fact is that they're getting mad about that he's not he's not trying to fix it he's not trying to stop it he's not trying to find what caused it or trying to find a cure or anything like that he's literally trying to improve on the mistakes that the human race has made that has led to this point which is kind of what we're what we try and do now we're like oh well you know we fucked this up like you know the like anything to do with the environment or anything like that and we're just like oh okay we're just trying to like backpedal a little bit and yeah. so it feels kind of like that as well well me. i think this is where we start to get on to kind of like the allegorical side of this movie mm. i think in um night of the living dead you've got the kind of uh, like the civil rights movement as a backdrop mm-hmm. so i feel like that when that movie came out it obviously hit really hard um and that then was in, in the 1968 yeah, wasn't in it the, yeah, yeah in the 60s like yeah. um and then in the 70s you had dawn of the dead when it was like uh kind of getting into this kind of like crass commercialism side that people were, could relate to i think what they did is in the 80s the problem that this film had is like he George Romero was like talking about a thing that people were not necessarily feeling at the time. I don't think that makes what he was saying like any less uh, true or kind of meaningful. But basically, it's lots of um, regular people being manipulated by uh, the kind of uh, by science and by the military. And at the end of the day, you've got the uh, the scene where John the the helicopter pilot is like all these records yeah, you've all got all the philosophy yeah well that's i think this is where you start to get into it he's basically saying all these records that you've got down here about volcanoes and earthquakes and you know floods what do they really mean okay because we're buried deep inside this what does he call it like a 14 mile tombstone yes um, the, the epitaph that no one is ever going to bother reading yes. and I'm like oh my god so I think that is where so that's you know amazing. when you get to see it Billy and Johnny are basically like the, the normal people who are being who are kind of the puppets or just are coming to the will of of a battle between science and the military um, I think if anything the kind of points that they're trying to make that George Romero is trying to make in it are almost like better suited to 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 now right and you, so. you've basically got two sides who are totally unwilling to make any kind of compromise mm-hmm. or see anything from another person's point of view yeah which you know i don't want to get political at all but certainly seems to be the way of the world these days um and you know we've got the military the military on one side who just want to you know shooting people is the answer uh, and then you've got science on one hand who are basically performing experiments for for what for what sake seemingly yeah. no you know what I mean <laughs> I, you can you can argue that at the end um, uh, Dr. Logan kind of like has a bit of a breakthrough but it's kind of like at what expense because we find out that he's been feeding bubs you know the, re- not the, met the, Bub yet. the well we'll talk about bubs in a second mm-hmm. but he's basically feeding bubs the remains of of dead soldiers so it's yeah. like on the you know on the um on well, the backs of, on the backs of the sacrifice of these soldiers he's, he's you know well, he's, he's, he's making already, his advances uh, his advances he's already experimenting on like the dead soldiers using their bodies and stuff to experiment um and you know it's it starts to become pretty dark because he's quite joyful throughout the whole thing dr logan he's quite excited but every time you see him he's more and more covered in blood and it's a bit unnerving like he walks into the room like he's absolutely you know like oh i'm having a great old time but like every time you see him he's just like more and more drenched um but i mean they do a great job in uh in 
making it feel really isolated and claustrophobic considering how huge it is down there yeah and they've got this huge mess hall type room where they're having meetings and stuff and they start having arguments and things and they're all spread out across these separate tables because they just can't stand to be near one another but it's still got this isolated claustrophobic i can't breathe kind of feel to it and it's amazing how they've done it um i mean they mention like i'm just going through some of the some of the bits there like you've got the you've got the doctor you've got um the soldiers who are all racist sexist chauvinist horrible people <laughs> i mean steel who is like the biggest the biggest soldier and one of the biggest dickheads next to Rhodes. and he looks so much and he looks like he could win first prize in a lebowski fest yes walter Sobchak, he uh, really is costume. the walter i literally wrote <laughs> that down contest. i wrote it down it's so amazing. much like him yeah i would be so really good. surprised if uh john goodman had not been like i kind of want to dress like yeah uh, like steel from day of the dead yeah it's pretty damn good um but yeah i mean you 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 meet like we said about um going to where like john and billy have kind of uh set up a home and you walk in and it's down this like really dank corridor like down in like really down into like the caves under the the um under the silo and they've just got this trailer and you walk in and it's just like a little living room and then you walk out the back and it's like they've got like a beach backdrop and like seats they've got you know just a little bit of a little safe haven a little like little bit of humanity left uh, among these like few people that are around um like the only people that are, that they feel like they're the only people that are left on earth because they said earlier they'd been like 100 miles up and 100 miles down the coast and had not found anybody else or anybody else with a radio at least um but you get you get all of the stuff that he's talking about like what what we've got left in in the world and you know it's kind of sweet and human and then it just becomes really bleak and dark after that and it's just <laughs> yeah um let's talk about bubs yeah bub bub no, just, just bub i just it just is a name that needs to be pluralized his name is bub i know his name's bub but tell me is this makes you think of the wire no his name should be bubs no because then I'm i start thinking a, about bubbles and it makes me sad i'm gonna no. start a petition no but um we're no. gonna go back and we're gonna do an et style they're gonna digitally enhance and put an s onto the end of every time they say bub they're not gonna do that but um yeah i mean i i wrote down one of the two two of the bits i wrote i mean there was one point where uh in in one of the scenes like the sort of cut between like one scene and the other you hear like a little bit of the gonk music which is like if you if you know dawn of the dead or if you know charlie brooker <laughs> then yeah. uh, you'll know that you'll know the music that we mean and you just hear like one little bit of it and then it goes into um into the next scene and i just wrote down i like dr logan and bub is the best so bub is essentially um what Dr. Logan was trying to do, like he was saying before about trying to make them behave, is to try and tap into um, that little bit of human that they have left in them. So he's he's been working with Bub, uh, who is a big dude. Like, he's a, he's a pretty big uh, zombie dude. Seems pretty sedate and chill compared to some of the ones that we've seen already. He's still chained up, but um, the Doctor's been working with him, so he's given him stuff that like would maybe remind him of of his human side so toothbrush razor gives him a copy of salem's lot by stephen king which is a, a good little nod there as well um and you see him start to mime using them in the way that a human would um and uh yeah the the soldiers come like storming in roads come storming in and they're like what the hell because all the soldiers are just like we want to destroy them all basically like nuke this like from orbit kind of thing um and they start showing that he he is a, a human and so they give him like a um would you call it unarmed unloaded unloaded yeah an unloaded, unloaded pistol unloaded gun just to see what he would do and like bob by this point has seen roads and he does like a weird little zombie salute so we know that he is um uh armed forces of some kind like people have said that he's more likely to be like a marine or something like that because he he knows how to um use like a um like a handgun um but I think he... the main thing is just the fact that he recognizes the fact that 
um, Rhodes is wearing a uniform. Yep. Like, even that is just like, whoa. Yeah. So we know that that's kind of a thing, but they're just like, this is ridiculous. Like, what the hell are you doing? This is disgusting. And, and also, they... now I think about it, I guess also kind of like a comment, if they're, they're talking about these zombies basically working on instinct, I guess kind of like a comment on the unquestioning uh, side of some, you know, the soldiers. Guess, of, of, of soldiers who basically commit you know who follow the orders of uh, of of the higher ups whether they be good or bad mm, okay. little, just a little little film yeah. school for you i mean um uh yeah they uh, they'd made a point previously or someone had someone had said i can't remember whether it's actually in the movie or one of the bits that i read about it but they were talking about the fact that like you've got the rest of the soldiers who they're not really doing the whole, you know, if it was like a captain that was really there in front of you, then you would be like on your best behavior, but they're all like lolling about. They've all gr- they've all grown beards because they've kind of given up being like clean shaven and looking <laughs> smart. All their uniforms look rubbish, but then you look at Rhodes and he is like perfectly clean shaven every time you see him. His hair looks smart. He's His uniform looks pretty smart considering. And I think it it's meant to be that like he literally cannot function outside of that world and he that's the only bit that he can have to like hang on to some kind of semblance of normality and control um well the thing is for me that he can't relate to anyone else yeah he and like I said it goes back to what I was saying before he can't see the, anyone else's side of the argument and which also means that he can't see the fact that maybe the zombies and not too different from you and I. Mm. You know, I mean, this is when we start getting into the, yeah. you know, people on the other side of the of the battle may not be, yeah. you know, completely some weird like foreign alien looking force. Yeah, they might be people who used to shave and use telephones and read Salem's Lot and also be in the military. So yeah. you know, um, so I mean, they. Um... Can we also give a shout out to um, to the actor who played Bob? Yeah, um, Sherman Howard. Yeah. Um, Best zombie ever. I'm yeah. going to say best zombie ever. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go into it a bit later because there's so many good bits in it. But he is he is great. But um, I'm just trying to think some of the bits that like so so basically we come away from this and they're all just like this is uh, you know like we we are hugely disagreeing with what you're saying here and and everything else and so they kind of drag uh, Sarah and Miguel um, down to the um, uh, down to the bit underground where they've been like corralling the zombies and so basically they like they lure them in and then they trap them in this little like double door system so they they get them through the door they shut the door behind them and they open the door in front of them and they've got like a little um like dog dog handling leash yeah kind of thing like leash on a pole that they grab the zombies and they drag them through and uh miguel who's been jittery from the start basically um, and they've been wondering whether he can actually handle it or not. Kind of fucks up a little bit, and uh, uh, but like the leash snaps, uh, and you end up with the classic like bite, pull of the neck, big zombie bite, and then uh, a zombie forearm bite as well, which is like two of the two of the most popular positions for yeah. uh, for things to happen. Well, forgive me if I'm wrong. Mm. Is this not the first kill in the whole movie? Yes, I mean it's. I think it's the first one that you see on screen. Yeah, like you see, you've seen gore. Like I yeah. said, you've seen, you know, Major Cooper's uh, brainstem hanging out, and you've seen the zombie with his guts all falling over the floor. But you've not seen anyone die, and I'm not kidding. It must almost be, I'd say, f- between fifty minutes to an hour into the movie, mm. and which that's, which that's... kind of starts to make you realise why maybe some of the people that loved Dawn of the Dead and loved Night of the Living Dead were like this is really slow going there's, there's a lot of shouting at each yeah. other and there's a you know it's so much more of the of the runtime is taken up by the disagreement between the survivors as opposed yeah. to the survivors fighting for their lives yeah. against the zombies that's the main thing that people were pissed off about with this the fact that it is quite a slow burn to start with um, it's not like hard hitting you know you're just reeling back from like something happening and then something else happens you know like we were talking about with something like scream where you know like every scene has like a shocking moment there is a lot of shouting which wouldn't which doesn't really show up in a lot of the other films there's a lot of arguing a lot of discussing about what we're going to do next kind of thing which does happen a bit 
that it's normally followed straight away by some kind of action, not like, oh, I'm going to go over here and sulk now, which does happen a lot in this. Um, um, but but it's funny because the catalyst, because you, know, you know what I mean, we're getting onto the finale now, really. Mm. The catalyst for the finale is basically the army see what it is that their men have been dying for mm. or what they've been how their bodies have basically been desecrated after they've been yep after they've died all the dr logan reveals like the shocking reveals are the best so yeah. you've got you know like he one of the soldiers who dies here um you know the the guy who has like his neck ripped out like or his throat ripped out he gets um shot and killed because uh, he's begging because he's like i don't want to turn into one of them so he gets he gets shot and killed and you know like the body gets taken off um and then you see it a bit later and you hear like this creepy tape playing in the background where they found this tape of dr logan where he's um basically telling off and almost abusing bub but it's in the same way that he would have been when he was younger so he mentions you hear him mention like mother and grandfather and stuff so he's obviously dealing with some shit um (laughs) and uh and and then just taking it out on bub um but he um they then realize that you know like uh one of the guys realizes that his hands suddenly covered in blood so he pulls this sheet up and it's one of the other like grunt soldiers who you don't really hear a lot from apart from like you know jeering and laughing in the background but it's just his head with electrodes stuck on it and it's still moving so it's being controlled by something or someone and it's just yeah it's creepy as hell and then they're like oh my god what but by this time miguel who also got bit he got the forearm bite which is always a good one um they run oh, off oh, they... No, no, he, not only a forearm bite but he's also had his arm chopped off with a machete well, we, that's and then, what i was and getting then, to. Oh, and, and then cauterized that's what well. i was getting the world's to. shittiest cauterization it was. It looked a bit charred. It looked like the end yeah, of a cigarette. It was like a drumstick on a barbecue. The actual chopping. I mean, this isn't the first movie. Like, when we were doing Brain Dead, we had a good uh, limb chopping yeah, yeah. sequence. But I loved that when I was reading about this was that they initially, like, the arm that was going to get chopped off was uh, made out of rubber. And where they were trying to chop it off with a machete, it just kept bouncing off of the arm, which I thought was great. So Tom Savini made an arm out of wax. So that arm and hand is made out of wax. But they don't just chop it and send it flying like you would usually see, you know, like a limb go flying off. They literally chop it and then use the blade to kind of move it away from the body. So it's like chop, move. And it looks, for some reason, like it's not... It's not something that you that you've seen in like other films where it's done like a like cutting off a piece of meat. Is I was it? Gonna it's say, like it's saying from the butcher shop. Yeah, um, and it's crazy, but yeah. So they they basically cut uh, Miguel's arm off, and and uh, you know they're still they don't know a lot about the zombification process, how long it takes, what it happens, and everything. And it's something that we've seen in other films, not yet in the list, and definitely actually films that are not in the list, but. One's like uh, Resident Evil, I think they've done it before, where like one of the characters who's been set up and you know him, you know them through the film, they then get bit, they either hide that they've been bit, or they've been bit, but people just can't let them go, so they're doing all they can to try and save them and, and uh, you know, like see whether they can like keep them rather than like watch them turn, and then, you know, eventually the majority of them will actually end up turning or sacrificing themselves in some way. Um, so basically, Miguel decides for for God knows what reason. <laughs> I, here's here's where the film I know, wait. F- falls down for me. First, what? what I wrote down was Doctor Logan. No, because you love Doctor Logan. Realized... He's, a, he's a jerk. He's like a weird, like fucking mad scientist. Yeah, I kind of love that. I mean, but um, he's like has no morals, or I don't know. He seems I like mean, a real scumbag. To yeah, me. they um, the the soldiers kill him like Rhodes kills him like massively overly kills him like absolutely riddled with bullets after he sees what he's been doing so basically he was like oh Bub needs to have his reward for being so good and so he comes in with a little chum bucket full of meat and they're like where the hell have you got that meat from because obviously food supplies are basically nothing and uh and then they open up this like deep freeze which they've got down there for some reason and uh and find you know dismembered corpses of the soldiers that we saw dying earlier on in the in the movie so you know that he's been chopping them up and experimenting on them and feeding them to zombies as as a reward so mm. kind of goes mad 
Doctor Logan gets shot to pieces, um, and then they take the rest of the of the. They take Johnny and Billy and Sarah, not hostage, but yeah, and Doctor Fisher. Yeah, they basically are holding them prisoner, and they're going to kill. Um, Billy and Sarah, and then just take Johnny so they can fly the helicopter he's the off pilot. to safety. He's the only one who can so fly the helicopter. So while all this is going on, <laughs> Miguel, for Christ knows what reason, <laughs> decides that he's going to flood the whole base with zombies and basically suicide, suicide by zombie. Yeah, but also kill everyone. Um, I mean, I'm I not, thought you know that... I can understand if it was like oh it was just the army guys in there because he kind of doesn't get on with them they're mm. all jerks to him they cut, they racially abuse him like a bunch of times yeah, his girlfriend nasty. is down there and yeah. you know I'll come on to this later on but you would assume that he kind of likes her yeah. um, but, I mean, but you... for some reason then he just basically opens up the, the lift shaft to the base and the zombies flow in but I mean when I first saw it I thought he was going to do the whole you know like suicide you know like I'm going to uh, you know uh, sacrifice myself and everything and you see him holding this thing which looks like it could possibly be like a detonator so it looked no. like they were coming in you know doing the, the, the wonderful like zombie scrum kind of thing over the top of him and that he was just going to go boop and like blow them all to hell but it turned out it was actually like the elevator control system which he had dis um like disengaged also down like disabled no down down downstairs so for no reason i was like well why like you know if you're just going to be coming straight back down with a whole bunch of zombie pals like why did you I don't how did he get it to work if it, he called the it's basically he called the lift down because he's the electronics the... guy that's that was okay. one of the things they pointed out they were like you can't uh Rhodes isn't going to kill you because you're the electronics guy. He's not going to kill you because you're the radio guy. He's not going to kill you because it's not going to kill me because I'm the pilot. Um, and there's a few other people that were just like, well, he's got no reason to keep you around. So, mm. but anyway, zombies are in the base. Yep, big time zombies. Uh, some amazing zombies as well. Yeah. So it's not just your standard yeah. regular <laughs> shuffling zombies. Have you got I, a list? I, I have, I have. So there was a kid in American football kit full, full with like helmet and everything. Um, I feel like his team was called the Mailboxes. Yeah, it had something ma- like that. It had certainly had Mailbox written on yeah, it. I'm so. not sure. I'm not sure why. Um, there was someone in a mortarboard. So someone got caught during their graduation which is pretty rubbish I love here's what I really love the fact that in the years that have uh, ensued since he was bitten he hasn't jostled himself knocked himself so that his mortarboard would have fallen off no. he's literally just stayed it in is, place the entire good. time it's great uh, there's a few soldiers with like the proper World War 2 like um big round kind of yeah, metal yeah. helmets on which is pretty fun there's a freaking clown it's amazing clowns clowns yeah. are real good clowns one. great there's uh, a lady in a wedding dress which is funny but also kind of sad because you start thinking about like what these lives like at what point you also during see, their lives you see a guy in a tuxedo so yeah they, a tuxedo like and a bow married, tie so yeah, maybe like he was a married the groom couple yeah um, there's like baseball guys one of my favourites there's, there's actually a ballerina but not only is it like a ballerina but it's like proper ballerina you know like hair up in the actual like uh leotard and a tutu and point shoes and doing like a proper bent over pose <laughs> as they're walking <laughs> and pointing on one foot as they're dragging the other foot behind them it's just brilliant it's just so funny but the shot as they come down the elevator like it's this huge thing that's obviously meant to uh be able to lift like huge missiles or like um uh heavy artillery well, up to the surface yeah, from yeah. underneath so it's huge it's it's massive it's big enough to fit like an arctic lorry on and it comes down uh really slowly and you've just got these zombies that are just sort of like just like waving on the spot like just like moving back and forth um and then as it sort of comes down they all start sort of tumbling off it and it just made me laugh so hard because and it's such a great shot as well because it's the full length and you see all of them just like just zoom down it's it's so good shit starts to go bad for the army guys at this point it really does so my favorite what's your favorite death okay there's obviously one favorite death Mm -hmm. but i do love um seeing the the i would say the most senior of the grunts the one who is not Steel, but Let's Steel's see. buddy. And as he gets his face ripped off, his uh. his 
screams become more and more high pitched basically as his neck is shredded yeah um which is fucking amazing i just i wrote down slow and detailed gore like they don't they don't do like flashes like they would do in some other movies they really take their time over it but the bit that made me chuckle was i think i actually wrote down i love that i love that we can do this podcast and that we can write these like little review notes like a like a like a work appraisal but it just made me laugh was um head removal is really well done yeah so there was another there's another soldier who it's the classic you know like the the camera appears to be sort of like at like crotch slash belt buckle height looking up and he's completely surrounded by zombies and if you if obviously you're meant to be looking at like his face and head because they're like pulling at it um, but I also noticed that you've got all these zombies who are obviously just like extras, but they all just look like they're tickling him gently. And then, uh, and then, um, and then you just suddenly notice that his head is being pulled up really slowly. So rather than like the ripping off of a limb that you've seen, you know, like it's done fast to show how strong they are, they just slowly pull his head off. But throughout it, his eyes are moving, his mouth is screaming. He looks, you know, like I couldn't see where the yeah, it's, where the join it's was. Kind of, it's kind of seamless. Yeah, I've got it's to say. really good, and it's it, his head just literally gets pulled off, and then uh, everything gets ripped apart. And um, Steel uh, takes out a couple of the zombies because they don't, they obviously haven't had to deal with a lot of like actually attacking them, so they don't know the the cardinal rule of like headshots yet. But Steel realises it and then slowly realises that he's uh, completely outnumbered and basically takes himself out of the shot to the head. So so Steel is gone. Um, we then move on to Rhodes, who, like I said, throughout this has just been like a horrible person. There's no way that you could like him. Um, and uh, then we see that we see Bub manages to um, get rid of the, the chain because he's still connected to the wall by his by his neck by a chain he manages to get the chain off because he's intelligent you know he's, he's a very intelligent zombie um and uh he walks out of the room shambles out of the room sees dr logan who's like the only human that he's had a lot of contact and like emotional connection with lying dead in a pool of blood on the floor and he lets out this like grief-stricken howl and it's really sad and like you find yourself the thing is as well he realises that he's been shot so then he sees another soldier and a gun he sees the guns on the floor and he picks up one of the guns uh, and then goes goes hunting basically so he sees Steel and Steel does he shoot Steel? no no Steel is Steel is dead by now no but but... I think he tried to shoot him before that Mm. right but anyway um, we get on to in my mind probably one of the best deaths in a horror movie ever um steel uh, sorry steel Rhodes is being chased down by bubs uh, and he can't reload his gun and bubs is shooting him he shoots him once in the shoulder and he you know his arms basically useless at this point and then he opens a door and just gets immediately <laughs> swamped by zombies but not so without letting out a scream first yeah. which is amazing fucking, and then it's bub so shoots good. him so you think oh maybe you'd be able to run away and escape them no he gets gut shot by bub and then immediately falls back and they just tear him limb from limb yeah they do the classic bifurcation where they basically t- tear the bottom of him off and then his And then they're just walking down the hallway like with dragging his legs. His legs. And, and then he... the, the amazing line choke on him as they're trying to eat all his guts. Yeah. And then Bubs gives him a salute. Yeah. That was it's amazing. That was an ad lib. Was it really? Choke on him. Is oh, an choke ad-lib. on him. Oh, I thought, yeah. the, I thought the, uh, the salute was. Maybe it was. But I mean, this is the point where you are actually like, you're watching this and then you suddenly realise... I'm cheering for a zombie over a human in a mm. zombie movie. And you really do feel, you're just like, go on, Bob, like, yes! You know, you're like, you've been hating this guy all the way through the film. He's awful, he's racist, he's sexist, he's chauvinistic, he's power hungry, he's just an awful human being. And you you get to see him, like, die in a particularly gory way, sent that way by a very humanoid, very emotionally together zombie 
Um, <laughs> emotionally together. Emotionally <laughs> together. I was trying to think of a way to say it. He's, like, got, a, he's got a house. He's, yeah, he's in a stable he's relationship. Shit, he's got his shit together. He's good. Good bub. Um, the, one, the one bit that I thought with this was we're, we're getting into like the final, final bits now. So essentially, like, you know, zombies are like great food. Like, you know, they, they've um, got all the soldiers and, and everything. And by this time, like, um, we've seen Billy, Sarah, and John. Um, managed to make their way up um, up a ladder um, to escape so you see them like going all the way up this shaft um, and like daylight at the top so we're like right okay so they're on the way out and then they decide that they're going to have you know like a little bit of like aftermath of the fighting with these unbelievably gory scenes of the zombies just eating and it goes on for quite a few minutes like yeah. <laughs> so but it was like they they decided to do it rather than like you know an entire scene of like you know like pulled back quite far where you can see a lot of zombies and they're doing the whole um scene that you would have where it was like they they are trying to make it look like they're eating but they're actually just like rubbing you know like <laughs> rubbing it in their face you can see people actually looking like they're taking like mouthfuls of of like gristle and intestines and yeah but they do it so close up like it's as close as it would be to you know like a regular person eating on a tv show like it's you know like face head shoulders hands gore it's so close and some of the camera shots are taken from ground level so it's almost like you are like one of the bodies lying on the floor watching this unfold the ultimate in front of indignity you. is your it's, fucking guts get eaten by a zombie absolutely gross um, and then you finally basically get they get to the helicopter final dream sequence yeah so they get to the helicopter and the other final kind of uh, twist in the tail as Sarah opens up the cockpit and a zombie jumps out there but then it's revealed that that was part of a, a nightmare she was having from her lovely beachfront kind of uh, yeah. beachfront hideaway mm-hmm. with Billy and Johnny. And it looks <laughs> like, you know, they're on day four of their new life in paradise that they were talking about before. Yeah. Uh, you know, living outside the bunker, not having to... And it almost looks like she's about to start taking more notes. Mm. But then when you see what she's writing, she's crossing off days on a calendar. Yeah. Um. Now... Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of stuff we liked. Yeah. I'm going to talk about some stuff I didn't like. Okay. Miguel. Mm. Miguel and Sarah's relationship is massively uh, underplayed. Yeah. Um, to the point where it was basically pointless. It could have just been anyone who let those zombies into the building. Their relationship had no kind of... It didn't have any impact on the story whatsoever. It didn't even seem like she was super bothered when he got bit. She wasn't really that into him all that much. Yeah, and also... She was more bothered when Fisher got shot, like the doctor. Yeah. Uh, the second doctor, she was like screaming and shrieking about that. Um, but they had like weird arguments and stuff. And I was like, well, if you're going to have that kind of relationship where you're in like a life or death situation and everyone's becoming despondent and everything like that... You need to have it like followed up with some kind of like angry makeup sex or something well, even, like even that. Even just showing know? them, even showing them <coughs> any kind of um, uh, kind of love for each other mm. or anything like that. I understand that they're all kind of at their wits end, but even just like a little rub of the shoulder or a little look or no. something, like that, there's nothing. No. So for me, that element of it was uh, was was pretty poor. Mm. Um, some sort of and also the guy who plays Miguel I don't want to be a real jerk but his acting was no no good yeah he's not really used no bueno very well no bueno no no apologies Um, also I would have liked some sort of nuance in the military guys they are like the most um, what's the words like pantomime-ish villains there's no goodness to them whatsoever. It would have been good to see maybe some sort of remorse from one of them or mm. even just like, oh, I don't really agree with what's going on here, but I'm going along because, you know, they're my friends and they have guns and I'm kind of a bit of a weak personality. There's none of that. There's just lots of giggling. They made and... me think of when you see like a high school movie yeah. or a school movie and you've got like the head bully 
and then you've got you know like bully number one and bully number two that don't even get names in the script who don't say anything apart from <laughs> like agreeing yeah. with what the the head bully's saying that's basically the feeling that i got which we kind of were supposed to be having because they are essentially just like absolute meatheads aren't they mm. so um and then just one final um and i feel like this is kind of underpins all the all the reasoning people have for for not liking this movie as much as the other two from the from the classic trilogy the main characters i like them but they just don't even hold a candle to you know what i mean the main party from night of the living dead or dawn of the dead mm. they just are not as memorable they don't they're not they're likeable in, their like, interactions it's... just aren't as much fun no. they don't have the love for one another it just it just isn't there you're not rooting for them in any no. way like i didn't feel like i was rooting for any of them i felt like i was rooting for bub who is the zombie yeah. <laughs> you know you're not rooting for any of them to survive well, if, or if get anything out. the most interesting relationship in the whole movie is the relationship between Billy bub and, John. and no between bub and uh dr logan yeah you know and what i mean Bi- and billy and john who are living like an old married couple in a trailer but even then they're cute. not like that it's kind of fun their relationship but like <laughs> they, there's nothing it's not like fleshed out at all there's mm. no like oh here's how they met or here's how they deal with each other it's all just them reacting to what's going on around them there's no kind of like deeper insight into the character i mean and when you consider how long like we've said earlier like how long in this film is um given to discussion and communication and you know like or or lack of communication as it would be like just arguing within each other um they don't really do a lot of character development like you don't know how they met how they ended up in this situation no. and everything like that there's not a lot of exposition i guess they felt like they didn't need it they were just like it's the end of the world you all hate each other go and that was it so um yes did this film shit you up it did not shit me up but it is very gross you know i love tom savini everyone should because he is amazing at what he does is it because he has a better mustache than me no. It's too long a pause, you do. Um, no, okay. Tom, Tom you can Sav- marry him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Savini is amazing, and Tom Savini, uh, like Savini Romero, is just like such a wonderful working relationship. Like they're so good. It's like chocolate and peanut they butter are, oh, together so at last. They are good, but like I said earlier, like it's the it's the least favorite of the deads. We are going to be reviewing the other two. Um, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, this is like it's dark, depressing, and slow and bleak and everything. But we know that there have been a whole bunch of movies that have come since then that have made their money off being like bleak and depressing. Um, like I said earlier, I think I said earlier that this is the favorite. This is George yeah, Romero's yeah, favorite of the trilogy. And um, Matt on Instagram and another Matt on Facebook. So there's Matt Sheehy Art. Go and check him out. Um, on instagram and uh our good old pal matt peachy on facebook said that this is possibly their favorite installment in the trilogy so thank you for your comments that is a bold claim (laughs) so i Um, hope you'll join us for when we uh when we're reviewing the other two so um didn't ship me up nope but i do feel like it's kind of unfairly maligned I enjoyed it more this time. I re- well, I really enjoyed watching it this time mm-hmm. more than I remember watching it on previous times. Is it as good as the other two? No, and it's basically just because um, the characters just aren't as likable. Uh, I think you know what it's the the allegory, what it's speaking to, is just not as kind of relatable i mm. guess as the as the kind of like the two main conceits of the other ones yeah um i mean i was struggling to see like it, you know in the other movies it is pretty clear the um you know the underlying story of what of what he was trying to say in this one it feels like it's a little bit more abstract i guess like yeah. it, it's not quite as like dead in front of you like i i did find because i obviously i know that like throughout these films there is going to be something underneath that he is a message that he's trying to send through and it's just not as clear in this as it is in the other two having said that mm-hmm. um the effects are incredible yep. the music is incredible the yep. atmosphere is awesome yep. i love the addition of the little uh like nightmare sequences i guess you yeah. would call them um, and the zombies, I think, like I said, the zombies look the best and are the most iconic in this one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I know you've got some fucking great ones in Dawn of the Dead. My favourite is always the Harry Krishna zombie. Um, <laughs> I think that's a lot of people's favourites from the action figures. But I just think, yeah, you know, I mean, like Doctor Tongue looks so good. Bob looks so good. Um, wedding dress zombie. Yeah. They all, you know, guts spilling out. Oh, there's Major, even one Major in Cooper's there. brainstem hanging out. There's even one in there. I didn't see it, so I might need to go back through and try and find it. But. Um, I think someone had an issue with um, like someone else like constantly playing Thriller, like the 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 song Thriller, uh, while they were you know while they were filming stuff, and so they stuck someone in there dressed as Michael Jackson from the Thriller video, like the the <laughs> nice. red the red jacket and everything, which That's I didn't cool. spot during the film, no. but it did make me chuckle a little bit when I read that. But but overall, would recommend watching. Um, not our absolute favourite, but it is fun, um, for the most part, at least. The gore, <laughs> the gore parts are fun. The rest can be a little bit, a little bit slow uh, to get started, but once it gets started, it's great fun. Yeah. So, um, where was it? 88, 89? This was eighty nine. Does it deserve to be higher or lower? Well, basically, okay. Well, don't, don't let's not go. Let's not even go so in depth. Is it as good as Brain Dead? No, I think Brain Dead's better. Brain George, Dead was way more fun. George, George, George. I'm so sorry. The thing is, in terms of like, what are you pulling out on a Friday night when you've had a couple of beers mm. and you've got some friends over? One hundred percent, Brain Dead every time. Yeah. But there's just something I love when when um, subject matter like this is taken seriously. And this is taken so seriously yeah. in this movie. Um, maybe always to its detriment, but uh, I love it. I guess we'll figure out where it needs to go in the list when we do our next reshuffle. Um, but yeah, what I think that anything else you want to say? Any facts you've got? No, that's pretty much it. Cool. Right. So, what <laughs> we got coming up next week? Next week is number eighty-eight, and we are going all the way back to nineteen twenty-seven. <laughs> that's the sound of us in the way way back machine. Yeah. For uh, Todd Browning's The Unknown. So I think during our uh, if if you go back to episode zero when we mentioned this one, we were like. Yeah, it is unknown because uh, we have never really heard of it. Don't know that much about it. Never seen it, no. It has got like while we don't put you know uh, a lot of um, after after everyone's saying how great God told me to was and it just wasn't our thing. Uh, we shouldn't really put a lot of stock in uh, reviews from other places, but this has like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's uh, Joan Crawford, Lon Chaney. Todd Browning. It's got good pedigree. It's, yeah, it's a it's a good old classic. So basically, it's um, it's actually classed as a uh, like an indie romance movie. Bullshit. There's no way. I've read the description. If this is an and indie romance yeah. movie, and it's, I can't exactly um, see Zoe Deschanel starring in this. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, Lon Lon Chaney um as a uh, circus performer with a secret, and that's all we're gonna say about that. So, uh, we'll be able to put it up um. Should have said at the beginning, although hopefully if you're following us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, you would have seen, but you can go and check out the uh, the trailer in the movie for um, uh, for Day of the Dead by going to tinyurl.com slash watch Day of the Dead, although you've had it thoroughly spoiled by this. Um, and uh, over the next week, we will be putting up uh, information about where you can watch The Unknown so you can catch up with us and uh, come and listen to the review. Right. Well, make sure you get on facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast and at behind the sofa podcast uh, on Instagram. Please go and leave us a, a rate and a review and a subscribe on iTunes, especially, but anywhere else you listen to. Uh, it helps us out hugely. Um, and I, anything else? No, that's basically it, I think. Right. So. <laughs> From behind the sofa. Good night. Kind of went spooky at the end there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs>